1: everyone and welcome to on the right road. I'm your host Paula Phillips and as always I've got something good and positive and wonderful to say and share with you all this evening. Tonight is super special. I actually began planning for the show with a theme of time management for teachers, but after diving into my guest's amazing work I really decided to open up to cover a lot more too. There are just so many different issues and challenges happening right now for teachers and in education that I think taking this hour together to really focus on the things that are truly most important like time management will provide an amazingly helpful framework for all of us right now. And the great thing is that tonight's information and inspiration will stand no matter how education changes over the months or years to come because the ultimate goal in our hearts and in our schools and in our classrooms has been and always should be long-term flourishing for students and for teachers. So this is going to be such a special hour and I am so so glad that you're here with me this evening. As always, I have tons of awesome giveaways for you including one where every US educator who has never received a Right Road gift before will receive one at the asking and If you listen all the way right up to the end of tonight's show and hear the special bonus code phrase and instructions, you'll know how to enter for a wonderful extra bonus gift. And... With all of the giving that I'm going to do tonight, you guys, note that I'll announce all the recipients from tonight's live and pre-show giveaways on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. So make sure to check for that huge recipient announcement post. Um, And because, you guys, there's no way for us to know which teachers will actually be at their schools and which will be teaching from home during any given week right now, We need to stay in home gift mailing mode for at least the near future, for at least 2020. So we'll be mailing all the gifts from tonight's show out to the recipients at their home addresses the week of September 28th. So they should arrive in early October. Uh, You don't need to send us your home address now. Just make sure to check the recipient announcement post on Tuesday afternoon on our Right Road Kids Facebook page so you know how to respond if you're a recipient, okay? So, here's tonight's first super special giveaway for you. Of course, it's open to all educators in the United States listening to On the Right Road right now. First, I want to make sure to mention tonight's code word. For those of you who are new to On the Right Road, here's how it works. Each live show, we have a new code word. Tonight's code word is time. Okay, so what you want to do is have our Right Road Kids Facebook page up and ready. Instead of waiting for the posts, the giveaways to come, just pop up in your timeline, actually go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page. There's so much on Facebook now that everything doesn't always pop up on your timeline. So if you're on our Right Road Kids Facebook page, refresh it each time I talk about a new giveaway. This one isn't up yet because I haven't shared all about it. Just refresh the page when I'm done sharing and it'll pop right up there for you. In addition to all the simple entry guidelines that will be right there in the giveaway post, make sure to also type tonight's code word TIME as part of any place in your entry comment, okay? Because that lets us know that you're listening and it officially enters you, okay? So for this first giveaway this evening, I wanted to share something that will help kids and teachers feel calm in the midst of all the challenges right now. So I have eight sets of calm strips with 10 strips in each set. I saw these online recently, bought several sets, and I shared them with teachers, and there was so much interest from educators across the country when I posted about them that I purchased a whole bunch more for tonight. And, you guys, I also have 12 sets of scented kneadable erasers with 20 erasers in each gift set. These are another awesome resource that can help with stress. They're erasers, but they're also like squeezable stress relievers. So, And I love both of these products. I think they're super special. I always want to share awesome things with you guys. So there will be a total of 20 teacher recipients for this one giveaway alone. And each will receive either a set of Calm Strips or a set of super cool scented kneadable erasers. So to enter, just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. Remember to type tonight's code word TIME as part of your entry comment. This giveaway will be open until just after the end of the show till 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 Eastern tonight, and we'll announce the 20 recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. Special thanks to Lori Stenas and and our Keller Williams real estate team and to Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her beautiful A Joy-Filled Life book for helping to make this awesome giveaway possible. And as I think you know, you guys, this is just the first of the wonderful giveaways I'll have throughout the entire show for you tonight. So keep our Right Road Kids Facebook page close and ready. Just a quick note that if you're not listening live tonight, we're live here Sunday, September 13th, 2020. Tonight's giveaways will, of course, be closed after that. And now, you guys, it's the exciting time in the show when I get to introduce you all to my awesome guest. This is an episode where I think you're going to want to get a pencil and paper. First of all, I wanted to make sure to mention that to take notes because my guest is what I would call an educational inspiration. Many of you may actually be familiar with his name, Dave Stewart, Jr., Dave is a high school teacher who also has a huge calling to help students and educators everywhere flourish. I love that word. He's a successful author, having penned the beloved best selling book These Six Things. How to Focus Your Teaching on What Matters Most, as well as his blog that also supports and uplifts educators around the globe. He's also a husband and father, an online PD developer, a keynote speaker for conferences and events around the country, and an award-winning educator who leads workshops for teachers around the world. I am just so thrilled and actually honored to welcome Dave Stewart Jr. to On the Right Road. Welcome, Dave.
0: Paula, the honor and the privilege is mine. Thank you so much. Glad to be here.
1: Oh, you are so welcome. And this is a special guy. We were talking before the show, and you can just really tell by someone's countenance that they're here to serve, and and Dave's heart is just as big as the sky, so I'm I'm just so excited about everything we're going to share tonight. So, Dave, to kick things off... I love how you share that first and foremost, you're a husband and a father who, and, and I'm going to quote, I read this on your site, refuses to sacrifice family on the altar of professional success. And yet you've really seen so much professional success, like I just shared in the kind of introducing you. So and what I'd love to know is in terms of time and energy and focus, how do you balance everything?
0: Yeah, Paula, that that line is really important to me. Um, My children only have one dad. My students have lots of different teachers. I, I tell that to teachers all the time. I basically make sure that they always get a lot of their dad, and Crystal gets a lot of her husband, by setting strict hours for myself. During those hours, I get to work as hard as I can work, but after those hours, no matter where I'm at, I need to be done. And I go home, and I try as much as possible to not bring any work home with me. So that's that's basically how I've done it for many years.
1: Well, it sounds like boundaries are a key in your life, which I think for all educators. I'm so excited that we're going to time management is one of the topics we're going to be talking about tonight because those boundaries right now are harder to set than ever. Um, And I I love to hear that you do that and you're able to, you're successful at it. So I think that's a wonderful precedent to set as we talk about everything tonight. So Dave, I, I love to help all of us, our, all every listener listening really um, get to know you, you know, in your heart. Mm-hmm. So I'd love if you would share, what's your favorite thing about being an educator and working with students?
0: Awesome. Great question. I, I normally <laughs> would say I love looking out at the, at all the faces in the classroom. Um, right. This year, I've been teaching for four days so far with, with students in person, and you only get their eyes with, with the masks on, and I, I understand all that, and that's all good, but, um, and gosh, are they troopers, um, you know, wearing their masks every day, all day, going through school. I teach ninth graders. Um, so i I got to say that I'm just always amazed and impressed by what a, a teenager is thinking what they what they may be dreaming about, what they want to do with their life. There are so many different and beautiful young people in this world, and every year I get to meet and get to know, you know, a hundred a hundred or so of them. And I I think that that selfishly is my favorite part is just getting to know these people who otherwise I would never get to meet.
1: Well, and they're, they're so inspirational. Like, I think, you know, you hit certain challenges in your life and in your career. As, we all do as life goes on. And then some of that <sighs> dreaming and um, just believing in, in the impossible, it kind of, we lose that as grownups. And yeah. I, I love how you share just being with them and, and feeling that energy coming from them. It, it just, it, yeah. it fills you up, Right. Well, now that I, I can tell, Dave, that you're also passionately called you know, to uplift not only students but also educators. You share that you believe schools exist to promote the long-term flourishing of young people and that schools do this best when their teachers flourish too. So what do you feel you know is the one thing or are the one or two things that are the most important for schools to have in place so that kids and educators can really flourish?
0: Probably the first thing, Paula, would be just consistently coming back to that core objective to make sure that our schools are the places where human flourishing is is placed at the fore. and we believe as teachers that if you help a child to Grow in their mastery of science or the knowledge of the English language, or uh, to 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 grow as a physical education student, et cetera. We believe that these things contribute to their likelihood of flourishing long term. Every teacher gets into teaching because they think that what they hope to teach will make a difference for the young people that they're teaching it to. And I think I think it really is often lost by yes. schools, lost by teachers, lost even by students. We feel so much pressure to. Keep up and make sure that we're meeting benchmarks and doing this and doing that. And I I truly think if we could continually come back to, okay, what's the point? The point is long-term flourishing. And and we're going to do that best when we ourselves are flourishing too. I think that would help.
1: I agree. I think that's something, you know, how you hear every once in a while, put that on a post-it and put it on your bathroom mirror and put it on your computer. And I think put long-term flourishing. You know, and if you see that every day, and you, you, the first thing you see when you wake up, the last thing you see before you go to bed, and you see it a hundred times throughout the day, long term flourishing, if that's the focus, everything else can kind of be built around that. Like you said, so often yeah. it gets lost, but I think we've got to keep that right there. Oh, I love that. I, and I love that word, flourishing. Um, so now, as I shared earlier, David, David, Dave. You go by Dave, right? <laughs> That's
0: okay. That's
1: all right. Oh, my goodness. I love the, I love both names. Well, I shared earlier that the topic that initially drew me into your work was that of time management, and then I came to realize how much you cover. I mean, it's extraordinary and, and so tremendously helpful, but time management, I think, is a wonderful starting point for right here and right now, especially this school year. So how do you feel teachers can best manage their time and look at time management? And I guess this is two questions in one. Number one, in general. And then number two, also especially during this current online blended learning, mask wearing, social distancing time.
0: Uh, Yeah, the second question, I know teachers are feeling very, very uh, deep in their being right now. I'm feeling this after a week of teaching the, 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 like... Huge pressure of this year with all of its new and added right. pressures, but 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 the answer really is the the beginning of the answer is is really what it's always been, and that is we have to decide how many hours per week do we do we have to give to teaching, how much time do we possess that we can give because we don't have 100 hours right. if we're going to sleep and if we're going to to be healthy, uh, we 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 really probably should not giving 80 or 70, and I know many teachers are, but right. the reason that starting with the decision is so important, Paul, is because only once we decide what hours will we work can we start to force ourselves into decision-making around, okay, I've got one hour left today. What am I going to do? What's most important? Is it feedback on student work? Is it planning a lesson? Is it, um, you know, uh, this this uh, bulletin board over here? And, and when we limit our time, we force ourselves into gaining wisdom about the work that matters the most. I really think it starts there.
1: I agree. And you know what I find? When I set those limits, I find that I'm more productive because it's yeah. not this open-ended thing that's just, oh, I'll get to that tomorrow. It's like, nope, this is, this is it right now. I'm done. With this, and I I mean, I'm one of those people who tends to work 12, 14, 16 hours a day because I love it. Yeah. Um... But, you, but sometimes you do need a break. Like this past weekend, we took my, my son to a baseball tournament in Arizona. We're playing no athletics out here in California. Um, and, and we realized he needs to be out there. He needs to be doing what he loves to do. Yeah. But setting those boundaries, whatever it is for you, whatever floats your boat, whatever makes you happy, I, oh, you hit the nail on the head. So number one point for tonight is to, to determine what, how many hours you're going to teach a day. And the energy yeah, what makes I, sense be, for
0: you for your life, right, just like you right just said yeah, because you got to be intelligent about it, you know you can't you can't take someone else's rule necessarily and and uh smash it onto your life. You have to do an analysis of of all the different things you have on your plate and, and what what fires you up what what rejuvenates you, how much energy do you really have in the can per day, and go from there so i I love that you brought up paula your your passion and the number of hours that you're working per day, because there's a lot of ways to do this correctly. And we know that we're doing it correctly if, you know, we're we're, we have something when we wake up in the morning and we're not just like starting to spiral downwards. That spiraling downward feeling that a lot of us are feeling, that's a signal. Okay, I need to reevaluate. I need to take a look at what's going on.
1: Exactly, because if you wake up and you go to sleep with a feeling of calm and peace and joy, something's on track. If you do not, yeah. if if 23 hours of your day are feeling complete stress, something's wrong. And if you don't listen to that, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Oh, my gosh, I love this. Well, now, related, Dave, you wrote in one of your blog posts. I read so much of your work because it's so inspiring. You wrote, just as the body can be trained to walk or bench press and the mind can be trained to speak French or do calculus, the heart can be trained to will a thing that it previously could not that statement to me is profound and i think key for many educators right now who may be truly struggling with what we're talking about the conti- you know this continued will to teach under all of the surreal yeah. circumstances in the world and in education right now so what advice do you have for teachers on this front who are beyond stressed and overwhelmed already out of the gate how can they will themselves to work through all of these unbelievable challenges.
0: Yeah, the will is so tricky because we, we can't do much with it through direct effort. Just like I can't go out and bench press 300 pounds today. Uh, you know. But if I were to research a, a training regimen and go out and begin the training regimen today and be consistent in amount to my diet and all these other things, and eventually I could probably bench press 300 pounds. So yes. the will is, is very similar. Very similar. You can't. You can't just say that you're going to tough your way through teaching this year if you're already feeling like, oh my gosh, this is so heavy. I, I don't know if I can do this. No, no, you probably can't right now. So you you need to use the body and use the mind to try to influence the will. So use the body. I mean, if you're not exercising, you may need to work in a walk each day if yes you're constantly being exposed to noise in your mind and there's always some type of input 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 you may need to start practicing small periods of silence um you have to do things that make the will able to uh, endure times as trying as this
1: oh my gosh i love that And I've always found I've been a person of really strong will, and it does make a difference. Your will can put you through the most Mm -hmm. highest mountain peak that you never thought you could get to. So if you can find that will within yourself and train train it up with silence and with walks, like you just said, oh, my gosh, this is so spot on. So now, Dave, your best-selling book, I want to make sure we have – a lot of time to cover this. It's titled, These Six Things, How to Focus Your Teaching on What Matters Most. And the six things are really the things that are most likely to move our students toward long-term flourishing, the ultimate goal. So I know we only have a minute or two here for this question, but what are the six things and why are they the six things that matter most in education?
0: Well, you know, the first thing is motivation or beliefs. Uh, the second thing is argument. Third thing is knowledge. Fourth is reading. Fifth is writing. Sixth is speaking and listening. Um, these are just the basic areas of instruction, basic areas of expertise that I recommend all teachers invest in because if you can get really good at using argument or critical thinking or problem solving, all related, if you get really good at influencing the beliefs beneath motivation, really good at leading a lesson within which there's some type of reading, a text, a poem, an article, an excerpt from a novel, whatever. If you can get really good at weaving these things into your instruction, then you're going to find that it is much easier to produce a good, impactful lesson and good, impactful units and curricula. So I'm basically in the book saying, if you just focus here, chances are, no matter what you teach, you're going to get yourself pretty far down the road.
1: And that's what I got out of reading your book. I, I just it was so, it's so empowering. And again, focusing right now, there's you know it's so easy to just let our mind and everything be in a million different places. Our focus is so key. Well, now related to all this. Um, In all things, I read that you learned from your grandfather, I love this so much, that simplicity mm-hmm. is key. The simplest way to achieve something is the best. And this also ties in to time management so perfectly. You shared, and I'm going to quote here. Right. If I spend hours trying to lift my car with my bare hands, does that make me a caring, successful mechanic? Of course not. It makes me an ineffective and sore one. <laughs> I mean, what a perfect visual to make clear how important this really is. So how right. is this simple is best philosophy so important for educators?
0: Well, that, that's that's uh, related to our, our time management question from earlier. Once we limit right. our time... To only a certain number of hours per week that we can actually physically work. Now we have to become experts at the simplest path to producing right. the outcomes that we want to produce because we can't, you know, I, I, yeah, I could sit there and I could probably eventually find a way to lift up my car if I didn't just go out and get a jack and use the, use the jack to lift my car. Um, the jack is going to be the quickest, simplest way. We as teachers, Can motivate students in a million ways. There's a million different ways that you can use to motivate students, but I do find that becoming an expert in the five key beliefs that I talk about in the motivation chapter, that really is the simplest way to influence the motivation of diverse students in every single classroom. So, Time management sort of comes down to, to the tips and tactics that we've talked about up to this point, Paula, but but then eventually we just have to start to get good at a very small number of as simple as possible things.
1: I love that. I mean, like you said, you can spend you know 20 hours trying to lift a car. You're probably not going to be able to lift it. Get a jack, call somebody to help. Boom, done. You know, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense if, if we apply that to our daily lives and our daily tasks. Now, I mean, and we could seriously talk for 10 hours and still not cover all of your extraordinary insights. So, <laughs> what I'm trying to do tonight is cover a lot of key points to really provide, you know, an important, helpful framework for teachers to build from in really addressing crucial topics and challenges at hand. So much about your work and book has really had an impact on my soul. And one of the first things in your book that knocked me over the head with a lightning bolt was an important exercise. And you ask teachers, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. You ask them, and I'm going to quote here, to picture a kid you know who you feel is likely to succeed. Now answer this in just a word or two. What is it about that child that led your mind to select him or her first? Brilliant question. And then you share that you've asked thousands of teachers this question and the results are fascinating. Could you share, you know, just a, a synopsis of those results and what they really mean at the end of the day?
0: Yeah, basically 95% or so of respondents do not respond with something that's academic they don't say reading or writing or mathematics they say things that have to do with character or non-cognitive factors like uh, work ethic or enthusiasm or curiosity or grit or a self-starter etcetera etcetera people pick these these things that we're not you know using standardized tests to determine I'm not I'm not saying that we should use standardized tests for that I'm just saying the things right. that school is not typically about are the things that we, in our amazing, amazing abundance of expertise, all the observation that we've done of students over all of our careers, we tend to overwhelmingly identify these characteristics as the things most likely to help students to flourish long-term.
1: Well, and I think that's a key question for teachers to ask right now, even with the little amount of time, even if they're teaching online, even at, like you've spent four days with your students, I think it's a good gauge, you know, to see where our kids at, you know, which ones are flourishing and why, you know, because it can help drive us in the right direction on the right road.
0: Yeah, and I, <laughs> and I, yeah, and I, I should say, Paula, that that these things that we know will contribute to the flourishing of a student, they do, they, they are logical side effects of really great lessons all across the disciplines. Okay, a really, yeah. a really great science lesson, a really great science teacher is going to be creating learning experiences all year long that are helping students to master science. And simultaneously, as students master science, they are gaining confidence. They are gaining yes. curiosity. They are gaining a, a work ethic or a, a willingness to, to self-start or what have you. So I don't... Th- this kind of troubled me for a while, this, this little you know, poll that I do, it troubled me because right. I thought, well shoot, should we be teaching curiosity instead? And I think no, no. You you teach excellent lessons all across the disciplines. You empower teachers every age level to just teach their hearts out. Yes. And you know and you trust that as human beings learn, they start to develop all these other amazing qualities.
1: Oh my gosh. Goosebumps. Well, now you, you also alluded, alluded to my next question a, a moment ago, but I, I want to dive into it a little deeper. Um, and you share in your book, too, that when our students believe, talking about their belief system, five particular things about our classes, they're far more likely to do the work and do it with care. And the five things are I'm going to share them. Number one, credibility I believe in my teacher. Number two, belonging I belong to this classroom. Number three, effort I can improve through my effort. Number four, efficacy, I can succeed at this. And number five, value, this work has value. And as I read through those statements, Dave, the first one that struck my gut as really being an issue these days is the value component. All five are absolutely key. But while I nodded you know, profusely in agreement to the first four, when I read the fifth value, I actually felt a pang inside. I feel like kids are really questioning the value of so much in education these days. Maybe we as teachers are too. Uh, You know, not only because of the (laughs) pandemic, but in general. Like, you know, when am I ever going to need to know this, right? Do you agree with this? And if so, what can we do to address this?
0: Paul, I've never met a student who has been disadvantaged by knowing as much of world history as possible. And that's what I teach. I teach world history. It doesn't disadvantage you to know world history. Now, does it, right. does it advantage you in every situation in life? No, no, it doesn't. Here's my point we as teachers represent a, a, uh, a faith, if you will, that is not popular, I would say, in our day and age, in our society. And it's a, it's a faith that learning is inherently beautiful. Yes. It is valuable to learn things, including things that you may never need or use, because it's not all about utility and usefulness. We believe this. We are adherents to this belief system, but I do think that too few of us grapple straight on with the fact that not everybody does. Most people don't. And so we have to become uh, very good at apologetics. We have to be able to Make the case, right? we got to make the case, and we got to make the case in a way that's winsome and loving and uh, beauty-centric. And I think, like like all the great apologists over the ages for different faith systems, we we have to do that, too. I think, because you're right, the value belief is brutal for teachers right now. It's brutal, and COVID has made it even more of an existential question.
1: Well, I've got another post. I love that you
0: pointed that out.
1: Well, and I've just as you've been talking, I've got another post-it we've all got to create, and that is Learning Itself is Beautiful. That has to be another focus that every day we tell that to our kids. Learning itself is beautiful. Learn whatever you can, whenever you can. Oh, my gosh, I love this. I have so many more questions for you, Dave. But first, I have another awesome giveaway for all of you amazing teacher friends listening. And this one's actually in your honor, Dave. (laughs) It's open to all educators in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now, of course. I have seven copies of Dave Stewart, Jr., my awesome guest, his awesome These Things book these six things book and three Amazon gift cards. So three more of you can buy one. Dave's book is extraordinary. It's so clear, spot on and truly helpful in terms of really focusing in on and providing valuable insight and help into the facets that are really key in education. The minute I picked it up, I think I said, bingo, out loud. It's just a must-read for all educators. So there will be 10 teacher recipients from this giveaway, and each will receive a copy of Dave's treasure of a book, These Six Things, or an Amazon gift card to buy one. So to enter, you can go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. Remember to type tonight's code word, TIME, as part of your entry comment, even if you included it in tonight's early giveaway, okay? Earlier giveaway, that officially enters you. And this one's going to be open until just after the end of the show, till 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce the 10 recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. Huge thanks to Dave and his publisher for donating the seven books. And great big thanks to Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her, her beautiful A Joy-Filled Life book for also helping to make this special giveaway possible. So, okay, now, Dave, I, I'm going to jump around a bit here to cover as much as we can to be of support of educators. Right. When it comes to motivating students, motivating them, what is your core message?
0: Core message is that belief is what drives motivation. If, you're not, if you don't want to play the carrot game, the, the stick game, you don't want to incentivize and give consequences to students, I'm with you, you. You have to try to influence what that child believes. Those five beliefs that you just mentioned, Paula, those yes. research strongly suggests and my own practice with these heavily vets. Uh, if you can influence those, and by the way, we can, huge yes. amount of research on how these things are malleable at the classroom level. When students are with us, we have a huge influence on what they believe. Um, if you can influence those, then, you, then you, what you're doing is you're enlisting the child to come along with you versus uh, saying, hey, you've got to come along with me. Or if you don't come along with me, this will happen. All that stuff saps joy from a learning environment. Belief. Yes. A belief-centered approach to motivation. Holy cow, Paula. It's, a, it, it's. I mean, it's a light yoke. Let's put it that way. It's not heavy yes. when everyone's believing this, va- this is valuable. I can get better at this. People like me do this stuff. It's fun to teach in an environment like that, and we can create that.
1: Well, and those five things, again, are credibility, belonging, effort, efficacy, and value. And, right. uh, you, and so here's the here's the next jumping off point and the next big question related to this because so much of this is, um, involves the human relationship building between students. So how can teachers build those student relationships? Like you said at the beginning, you can't even see their faces, right? And, and most right. teachers in the country aren't even with their kids in the classroom. So how right. do we build these relationships and humanize their classroom in school when, where so much is online right now?
0: The, the good news is that relationships have never solely depended on being with somebody in person, um, especially with communication technology that we have. It comes down to moments of genuine connection.
1: Anytime Ooh, I love that.
0: that. We can make a young person, yeah, moments of genuine connection. What we're trying to do is just communicate to a child, I value you, I know you, I respect you. Anytime, any way that we can do that, we are building a relationship. We don't have to. I mean, obviously, we would all love to be with them in person, but it's not essential for building a relationship. But intentionally trying to hold them after class for just a minute after the after the the live stream class, say, "Hey, could you could you hang back, so and so? I just wanted to talk to you about this thing you wrote yesterday because it really struck me, and I appreciated it. I hope you this have is a good an- rest of your day."
1: Yes, this is another Post-it moments of genuine connection. Moments of genuine connection. That's what we need to focus on when everything else is going nuts. Oh, my gosh, I love this. Well, now, a common student hang-up you share about is this sentence. I love this. But I studied. You share like a student says, and I'm going to quote from your book, I don't get it. I read the selected textbook passages, took notes, and then reread my notes, but I still did poorly on the test. I could have sworn I learned this stuff. And a phrase that you share to explain this is the illusion of competence. Why does this happen? And how can we best help kids get from the illusion of competence to actual competence, especially with all the online and hybrid learning models now in place?
0: Well, familiarity is a step on the path to learning. It's why if I see somebody, you know, at at the grocery store, and I've met him maybe once before a few months ago, I'm going to say, ah, I know that person, but I can't say their name because I haven't yet really learned their name, but I'm familiar, I'm familiar with them. This is what happens when a student reads a passage or hears a teacher say something or has a discussion in class, and, and is familiar with the concept but has not yet owned it and placed it in their mind in a way that they can retrieve later on. So the way to fix that is to teach students to quiz themselves. We gotta make quizzing a normal part of learning a low-stakes part of learning, teachers need to be given lots of little quizzes on material that students need to remember, and more importantly, they need to teach students why they should quiz themselves versus just rereading the passage or highlighting the, the, the thing that they want to remember. Quizzing is the way to signal to the brain, I need to know this, and it's also the way to for us to know, do I know this or not?
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, I just had a light bulb moment because I've... For me personally, I've always been a very, very good student, and I, as you've been sharing here, one of the reasons I think that is is because I've always quizzed myself, whether I'm getting ready for our radio show tonight, whether I was studying right. for a test in high school, I always quiz myself. I want to know everything. Oh, my gosh. Light bulb moment yeah. here. This is – oh, my gosh. That's a key. Well, I'm, oh, I'm going to blast through here, Dave, because I have so many questions. You're a godsend. <laughs> Another thing you share about in your book has to do with what you call the sweet spot of optimal performance in terms of, you know, the amounts of pressure and stress relating to performance, which is a key for both teachers and students, because some pressure can be good, but too much can put, put us over the edge, right? So how do we each find that sweet spot of optimal performance in education for ourselves as educators, and then how can we help our students find theirs?
0: Uh, yeah, some some pressure is really good. School right. school naturally creates plenty because we have to show up at a certain time or log onto the computer to, at a certain time. And so, um, the the problem in school, especially for teachers who have to have so much ready every single day, is that we we have we have an unhealthy amount of pressure on us. Um, a lot of this, Paula, is based on how we're viewing our work. Right. When I was a young teacher, I remember. I, I was really trying to prove myself through my teaching, and I had to finally let that go because yes. I just made every single lesson so high stakes, Yes, so much burden. When you're, when you, when you're bringing all this, I've got to prove myself. This has to be a perfect lesson. When we're just bringing crazy expectations into our work or crazy needs into our work, what we need to do is figure out those needs, you know, seek seek the guidance in our life, seek the trusted friends, seek the mentorship, the counselor, um, the guide who can help us to deal with our stuff so that when I show up to my job, I'm just trying to do a really good job. I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm going to learn every day, but I'm also going to recognize teaching is really hard. And so it's not always going to go perfect. And when it doesn't go perfect, what I can do is I can sit down, reflect and look at what went wrong and then go from there. You see how that's like a much less pressury way to do the same exact job?
1: Yes. And it does feel like a sweet spot when you're in your zone. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's like you're on the right road and it just there's a flow to life. It is. And and I think it's yeah. one of those things like we talked about early on in the show that we each have to find our own sweet spot and then I think to, to kind of the second part of the question is i think we have to help kids reflect and find theirs i don't think that's something that we can put on a child i think we have to help like by example even and by talking about it help kids find their sweet spot of learning and and yeah. growing and uh, becoming the best person they can be oh my gosh well now i related to all of this i shared an exercise in this weekend's right road email where I suggested teacher friends write down the top five things that matter most to them. And next Mm -hmm. to each, write the percentage of time they currently spend on them and the percentage of time they want to be spending on them. And then on the flip side... I also suggested that they write down the top five things that they actually are spending time on along with the percentages. And once you can clearly see that on paper, it's powerful and help. I mean, it's just beyond helpful. So, thinking about that, Dave, it kind of ties in everything we've been talking about tonight. What do you feel they can do? to move things into a time balance that will really work for them and help them flourish? Like, so they've got their list and maybe it's completely, you know, backwards from how they want it to be. What can they do to make the shift? You know what I mean? So that it doesn't take the entire school year and they're feeling frustrated.
0: Well, we're going to have to acknowledge that there's going to be some bumps on this road if we're really going to do this because what I'm going to say is, you gotta you gotta put your time where your where your heart is, and yes, and that means you you literally are going to have to say okay if I don't want teaching to be ninety five percent of my time then whenever whenever that whenever that stop point is for the day no matter where you are eventually if if we want things to change we have to say okay I'm done today and tomorrow is about to be a mess because I don't have all my lessons planned like I wanted to, and I don't have all the feedback that I have done, so I may have to apologize to my students. I may have to to pull out an emergency lesson plan, but I'm going to learn from that, and tomorrow, while I'm working, I'm going to try to do better. But until we let little bad things like that happen, Paula, little bad Uh things, then a big bad thing is going to keep happening, which is our life is going to be unbalanced in the way it's going to be... Misaligned with what you asked people to write on the front of the paper, right? And we don't want that, right? It's like it's like with a it's like the personal finance budget. You know, they always say you got to put, got to put the money that you have to spend first. Put it in, you know, food and and shelter and things like that. And then eventually, you get out to, you know, if, if you have money left over, then you get to um, have some fun money or something. Time time works very similar. We we have yes. to. Apportion it, but then just like a personal finance budget, the hard thing is our behavior. The hard thing is we trick ourselves and we say, "Oh, it's okay. I'm just gonna do. It. I'm just gonna take this work home tonight. Right. I'm just gonna do it tonight, and then you know tomorrow I'll, I'll be back on, and you know the next day it's like, okay, next week I'll I'll be back on. So we have to eventually say, nope. I'm gonna deal with repercussions, but tonight I'm gonna go home and be with my family. I'm gonna I'm gonna work, I'm gonna write a chapter in that book I've been wanting to write." Uh, I'm going I'm to go to bed at the time that I want to go to bed, or whatever it is that we say we want to do more of.
1: It, this is so interesting because this is the the show really has come full circle. It's this is what we were talking about at the beginning, and now it 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 just all. It, I love how it all weaves together. Mm. <laughs> so, Dave, is there any like a final message you'd like to share this evening with all of our wonderful Right Road friends listening? Whatever is on your heart.
0: Well, you're doing the most important job on the planet right now. I. Amen. I firmly believe that. I mean, in, in doing it well, doing it from a place of strength, of inner strength, a place where we are trying to become stronger, deeper people is so important because, you know, eventually this, this too shall pass, right? But what we are going to need when this all passes is experienced educators in the classroom. We're going to need you, Listener right. In that classroom with all the lessons that this year can provide you with, with all the depth this year can provide you with, we're going to need you in there. We don't want you burnt out. We don't want you cynical. So it's so important that you care for yourself, but continually come back to the fact that teaching is a timelessly beautiful and important and servant hearted endeavor. No policy can change that. No current events can change that. So I wish many blessings on everyone in this uh, listening who is involved in education in any way, because you're doing, I think, the thing that fundamentally makes it so that society can be good.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Dave. I mean, you are an angel. There's just, you've got something special. You've got a message to share. And I feel like Again, we've come full circle, and everything we've shared tonight. I, I hope it's been a wonderful blessing for everyone. I hope it's been a blessing for you, Dave. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart.
0: Oh, my pleasure, Paula. What a what a joy for me. This really was a lot of fun. Thank you.
1: Oh, I'm so glad. And and you guys listening, you can connect with Dave, and find his books and other resources at DaveStuartJr.com. It's D A V E S T U A R T Junior dot J R dot com. And his site also has all the information about his blog, his courses, his webinars, speaking engagements, and a whole lot of other resources if you'd like to connect with him and all the information and resources he has to offer. And again, I really, really, really encourage you to get his book, These Six Things. It is special. Uh, And as I always like to do, thank you to our amazing On the Right Road sponsors, Right Road Kids, Right Road Productions, Nair, Seedsack, the Lithia and DCH car dealerships and their support companies, the Just Shop with Jackie Facebook group, Lori Stenas and her Keller Williams real estate team, and Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her extraordinary Filled Life book. Reminder, you guys, to mark your calendars for Sunday, October 11th. That's our next Live on the Right Road show date. And, you know, in the meantime, we'll always have some Sunday fun day surprise on deck for you each week, whether it be a click and listen or a Facebook Live. We've always got uplifting Right Road programs and surprises in the works for you on Sundays and every day, really. And, you guys, here's the big bonus giveaway. Um, oh my gosh! I've got more to. Sh- and then there's more giveaways after this. Even today's bonus gift opportunity is for each and every one of you listening this evening who have never received a Right Road gift before. We've put together tons of school supply gift packs just for this bonus giveaway. It's one of my email giveaways. So. If you have never received a Right Road gift before, whether on a Right Road radio show, uh, our Right Road Kids Facebook page, from an email response gift opportunity, or any other Right Road opportunity, you can receive one right now at the asking. Just email me at Hey Paula. that's H-E-Y-P-A-U-L-A, like the old song, <laughs> I'm dating myself, at rightroadkids.org. Just jot never received Right Road gift before in the subject line so I can see at a glance that you're requesting. And then in the body of the email, include your school, city, and state so I know that you're a teacher, along with your home address, since we have to be in home gift mailing mode throughout this crazy, surreal school year, okay? Again, if you have never received any kind of Right Road gift before, just email me at heypaula.com. At right, R-I-G-H-T-R-O-A-D-K-I-D-S dot org, O-R-G. Jot never received Right Road gift before in the subject line. And in the body of the email, include your school, city, and state, so I know you're a teacher, along with your home address. That's it. This opportunity will actually be open until 11:59 p.m. Pacific Time tonight so you can share, I'm going to post the link on our Right Road Kids Facebook page after we're live tonight so you can share it with your friends and as many as of the, of them as would like can listen to the show yet tonight and still make that request for the free gift pack. All of these recipients, these particular recipients won't be announced in the recipient announcement post on Tuesday because every teacher who has never received a Right Road gift before and makes this request tonight, and following the directions I just shared, of course, will receive a gift pack. So I don't need to announce these all, okay? And you guys, like I always like to kind of wrap up the show with, I have a couple of nuggets from my heart that you can take with you into the week and into the rest of the school year. Um, Number one. I'd like to read a page from Dave's wonderful These Six Things book. It's such a treasure of a book like I've shared, and this really sums up the amazing inspiration and support it shares throughout every word. I'm going to read from the final chapter, Chapter 8, titled Onward and Upward. The book uh, actually begins with a chapter entitled Teaching Toward Everest, and Dave shares about how teaching is by far, like he just said, even tougher than climbing Mount Everest. And in the final chapter that I'm going to read from here, he begins by sharing this good news. And I'm going to quote, Even though our jobs are harder than Edmund Hillary's and Tenzing Norgay's, the two those are the two men who first ascended Everest, they are so much more meaningful. Why do people climb Everest? And then Dave shares some answers, one of the most popular being because it's there. And then he shares again, quote, Everest climbers get to boast that they were there all the rest of their days. Their grandkids get to be proud. They join an elite group. They achieve some level of personal greatness. But ultimately, their accomplishment serves little long-term societal good. Climbing Everest, it turns out, doesn't do much good at all. And I don't think he's trying to cut down anyone because sometimes you've got to set those personal goals. So it's not about that. Here's what it's about. Here's what it's about. Teaching, and, and again, I'm reading from his book, teaching in his its purest form is almost the exact opposite. You achieve no real fame, and from an outsider's perspective, it appears as though you're doing something anyone could do, which, of course, we know isn't the case. But the real work of teaching isn't about us at all. It's about the students about their long-term good, and about what that means for the world we all inhabit. The aim of our work isn't the top of some mountain, or the right to say, I climbed that. It's the long-term flourishing of young people, and thereby society. The Everest climber, faced with the toughest part of the climb in the death zone, has to look inside himself to find purpose in the endeavor. The teacher, in the throes of survival mode, needs only look at his or her students, What long term good can come from our efforts this year, even when they might seem fruitless on any given day? All kinds of good. Oh my gosh, isn't that awesome, you guys? Thank you to every one of you listening for the all kinds of good you do every single day. Uh, My second nugget remember to have fun. I received so many happy responses to the window crayons I gave away on this weekend's Right Road email. Teachers shared that they were energized by the fun ideas and that's what fun tends to do energize us and that is just crucial right now in education so every day let your mind go free for five minutes and brainstorm something fun even if it's totally off the wall and crazy that you can do with your students and it will keep them energized and engaged in the learning process with you in an amazing way Uh, and, and my third nugget and dave mentioned this too Make sure to exercise in some way, shape, or form for 20 minutes each day. It will help keep you healthy. It will give you clarity. It will help you manage your time better, even though you might think I'm taking 20 minutes to do something I don't have time for. Oh, my gosh. I've been exercising through this pandemic, and my time management is off the charts because I've been taking that time. I know it sounds backwards, but it's the truth. Um, As always, you guys, I just hope this whole hour has been a wonderfully fun, uplifting and hope, support and love filled blessing for you. And guess what, you guys, I have one more awesome on the right road giveaway for you this evening, actually two more, one more even after this. So this Facebook giveaway number three tonight, before I share it, remember to check our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon for the long, long list of recipients from all of tonight's pre-show and live broadcast giveaways. And if you're a recipient, please make sure to read the whole announcement post so you know how to respond to receive your gift, especially because we're in home gift delivery mode. So this third giveaway, it's open to all educators in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. I have eight Westcott electric pencil sharpeners and 10 21-count Sharpie gift sets. They're jumbo sets. So there will be 18 recipients, and each will receive either an awesome electric pencil sharpener or a Jumbo Sharpie gift set. So to enter, just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow the simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. Remember to include tonight's code word, TIME, as part of your entry comment, even if you included it in tonight's other giveaways. This giveaway is going to pop up right at 56 on the hour. So refresh right at 56. It'll pop right up there for you. It'll be open until just after the end of the show, till 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce the 18 recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. Tons of thanks to Nair and to Lori Stinus and her Keller Williams real estate team. And to Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her beautiful A Joy-Filled Life book for helping to make this awesome giveaway possible. And once again, tons of thanks, oh my goodness, to Dave Stewart Jr. for being my wonderful guest here on the Right Road. Huge thanks to Marcy for her awesome behind-the-scenes support, as always. Thank you to my wonderful engineer, Aaron, and the Whole Voice America team. Thank you all so very much for listening and being a part of the Right Road family. Blessings, love, and light to every single one of you. And surprise, you guys, if you listened all the way to the end here, here's the code phrase for the extra bonus gift opportunity, which is a $100 Amazon gift card. If you're listening right now, just email me at heypaula at rightroadkids.org, Put the phrase onward and upward in the subject line and include your school, city, and state in the body of the email, and you'll be entered for a bonus $100 Amazon gift card and In case you missed any part of this evening's show or would like to share it, this episode will be available to listen to or download for free. As I've been doing, I'll post the link to this show on our Right Road Kids Facebook page within about a half hour after we wrap up here so you can listen again or share it. I hope you'll share it, you guys. And also, watch for the click and listen giveaway for this episode coming up on our Right Road Kids Facebook page next weekend. Even if you're listening now, you can still click and listen and enter that, giving fun. Remember that the next Live on the Right Road show will be here on the Voice America Empowerment channel on Sunday, October 11th, 2020. In between our uh, On the Right Road broadcasts, our live shows, you can always connect with us on our Right Road Kids Facebook page and via our website at rightroadkids.org. Hey, you guys, as I always like to close with, always remember that you are special, appreciated, and loved. Until next time, Sunday, October 11th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern, here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Be that daily, positive, bold, empowered inspiration for the kids in your life and live your best, most amazing life on the right road. Remember to focus your talents, your energy, and time on what really matters most. And know that from there... The rest really has a way of tending to work out for the very best. I love and appreciate you all so much. Mwah.
0: Thank you for listening to On the Right Road with your host, Paula Phillips. Connect with us anytime at www.rightroadkids.org or at Right Road Kids on Facebook. And we'll catch you again here every first and third Sunday of the month at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern
1: on the Right right road.